episode 432 for August 2016, and if you're a fan of this podcast and our website, I'd appreciate your support. Log on to our front page at spidermancrawlspace.com. Look for a button on the top right-hand side that says support this site via PayPal. You can help us pay the bandwidth costs it takes to host all 400-plus episodes for you to download for free 24-7. All right, gang, let's get on with the show. Crawlspacers, welcome to our message board Q&A. We're starting off with a Zach question. What? <laughs> uh, Ash, last month, George went into, against Ashley in a debate. While it was quick, I think that Dweep Zach should have offered a rebuttal. But, uh, yeah, I do have a bit of rebuttal. Um, what do you want to say? The thing, main thing I wanted to say was um, one, of the things I, one of the things that I think is under, unappreciated with that show. Spectacular Spider-Man debate is what we're yes, talking about. Yes, yeah, we're talking about Spectacular Spider-Man. Soon. Is that no character in that there was not a single character that wasn't from the comics, and from Joe Wade, which was the third, the second Scarlet Spider, to uh, the drama teacher being the director of Secret Hospital, Greg Wiseman made a, a concentrated effort not to create new characters. So if you if you want to look at a microcosm of that Marvel universe, that's it. The other thing I wanted to say was, um. While I, I understand and respect George's point about the changes that were made in, ter- in terms of certain ethnicities. Full disclosure, Weissman is a pal of uh, Zach's also. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. So, so let, let's get that out there. <laughs> yeah, he has a pal. <laughs> um, but I, I like Weissman, too. Yeah. Uh, he's a great I guy. I dislike Weissman. Yeah. And I don't think – and I've never, I've never said that George dislikes Weissman. But the other thing that I like about Wiseman is and about the series itself is that in terms of the storytelling, they went to the source material with the comics and they try to take the best elements of the movies and incorporate them into the show. Clearly, and, as in the case with Electro. Aw. All right. Well, we're moving on. Okay. Uh, Brad, do you have your comics insured? Zach wants to know. Uh, I have house insurance. I, 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 I talked to an insurance agent about this. And I would need to do a catalog of every single issue I had. And then they would adjust my insurance rate to an estimate. So I would I, – I think I'd have to catalog. I'd have to take it to my local comic shop. He's a buddy of mine. And I guess he would look at it, and we'd, we'd uh, arrange on an estimate of mm. what it would take to, to restore all of these. And that – dude, I got a, a nearly six-year-old. I don't have time for that. So <laughs> – but uh, yeah, I, I will say Excel spreadsheets are your friend. George, stop playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah, George is blowing up with the Pokemon over there. What? Do what? No, I was. Your Pokemon's blowing up the the recording. I'm not playing Pokemon. Well, you, are you getting a text? No. Oh well, there was just a loud sound on your end. Oh. No, I, I don't know what the, uh, I, I, <clears> if anybody was playing uh, Pokemans. It was Jr. last the Zach question Mike and Ashley I don't know much about your collection what's your favorite non-JMS run on Spidey and for for Mike that's for Mike and your favorite run period for Ashley okay uh, well for non-JMS I'm actually interested uh, Zach has actually asked that question because like I've mentioned before I did kind of like parts of the JMS run but um, I actually this is kind of a tie Um, if I wanted to go I since I've mentioned before how I kind of gone back and looked at the Stan- original Stanley and Steve Ditko run, I've actually really liked the, all, all that that period because I think that's kind of the most pure Spider-Man is purest, if you will. Yep. Um, I've also been I've also been a fan of the Roger Stern period, and I mean, granted, yeah, the Hobgoblin story was interesting, but it, even though we all know the history about how that kind of got convoluted. But I kind of like the way that that Stern was doing, having Spider-Man going up against villains that he was normally not going up against, like regular, like the Juggernaut, and also, you know, 
you know, others and everything. And also that they have like, um, I think also that thing, but you have any other, you have class, also classic stories, like, of course, like the, um, the kid who loves Spider-Man, um, just different, different stuff about that period. I think that's, and those two, I think that kind of felt to me like those were kind of the better period. Like if you want to talk about the best periods of Spider-Man, those were. What, what year did it. you start collecting? Um, actually, I, didn't really, I mean, mm. well, the thing is, if you want in terms of collections and everything, I did have like, I mostly had mostly 90s stuff. Uh-huh. So a lot of it was from that David Michelini period. Um, and also that's when it was started, actually started to get into the clone saga a bit. Uh, but most of the stuff I do have is actually all on the, uh, amazing Spider-Man, uh, DVD that came out, um, a couple of years back, which actually goes up. It only goes up to about maybe issue five thirty six in terms of those digital copies. It was all scans, all scans of books, all, yeah. all scans of those yeah. of Adobe reader things. So the only problem with that is of course, it's, it, it's sometimes you kind of have like, so you get all the ads with them too. Which are sometimes are yeah. actually funny. Funny to sometimes read yeah. those. Like the, of course the, you know this this the dynamic tension with like <clears throat> Mr. Atlas stuff that they put in there. I remember those were fun because the the company when they were releasing those contacted me. I think we gave one away as a prize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, those are the those would be by two like in terms of like the ones that I really really gra- enjoyed stuff like that. I mean it's I mean I mean I do like the, some of the uh, when. Um, John Romita Sr. was taking over a little bit. Um, those are, but I think in some ways, if, in terms of like, if you really want to get like a pure version of what Spider-Man is, it's probably the, the Ditko. Uh, Ditko run. Even though, yeah, that's the one that everyone even kind of starts to emulate a little bit and what they want to try back. But even though it was only, it was only 37 issues. But, uh, 38 plus two annuals. 38 plus two annuals. Yeah. That's there right. you go. <laughs> yeah. So 40 I, issues. Yeah. 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 Well, Matt, I want I, I want I want to count a guy named Joe though. That's the thing. <laughs> that was kind of rough. And yeah. by the way, I, I and if you don't follow us on Facebook, type type uh, Spider Man Crawl Space on Facebook and like our page. There's also a link on the front page mm-hmm. of SpiderManCrawlspace.com. I uh, for Father's Day got an iPad, and before I got that, I got the Marvel Unlimited, and mm-hmm. I uh, have committed to reading Amazing Spider Man Volume One from issue one to four forty one, and I haven't read some of these in years. And what I've been doing on our Facebook page, if I see a funny caption or a funny bit of dialogue or a panel, that's kind of cool. I'll, I'll uh, screen snap it, put it up on our Facebook, and do a little commentary on it. One thing I noticed about Amazing 38, the last panel of Peter Parker and the last panel of Spider-Man is both from their back, and he's walking away from camera. Mm-hmm. I'd never noticed that. Again, I haven't read these issues in 30 years, some of them. And uh, I'd never noticed that. And it's with adult eyes that I saw that. And I'm like, oh, he really is walking away from the book. So <laughs> so it's just, just follow, if you want to read along with me, I read a couple a day, it seems like. It's a lot of fun to read these old, what Spider-Man should be comics. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Ashley, what's your answer? What's your uh, favorite uh, run? Oh, I don't know if I can parse it down by a particular writer or artist, but I always like... I mean, I've, I've said numerous times that I've just really gone through and read the stuff with Black Cat. But I really love the stuff. Um, I guess it was just after Secret Wars that went through, you know, like their whole breakup and everything. I like just the way the drama was written in the, during that period. It was like there's still some parts that were a little campy and goofy, but it, like it took itself seriously without taking itself too seriously. And it just, I don't Talk, know. Talking about mainly the spec stuff. Like when they were dating and stuff, and that, and then the whole deal with the foreigner and oh, right. that that was goofy as hell, but I loved it. And you like the Ultimate Spider-Man can... too? You, you're hmm? fa- big fan of Ultimate Spider-Man, also the Peter. Yeah, I, yeah, Spider-Man. Ultimate. I read that cover to cover, yeah, up through Death of Spider-Man, and then I haven't caught up after that. You didn't but pick yeah. up Miles and Noir. I love Spider-Man Noir. Um, hey Ashley, did you um, ever come across an issue? I forgot which number it was, but it was like one of the Roger Stern ones. It was um, it was one where Kid Black Cat has a daydream about going on an adventure with Pete, with uh, Spider Man. Oh yeah, and at the end of the daydream, he she this is before Felicia found out that Peter Parker was Spider Man, by the way. Mm-hmm. And so when in the daydream, when when Spider Man unmasks, it's Cary Grant. <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> because. 
because the black cat at the time she's kind of imagining that spider-man is kind of like a, you know you know some really dashing suave person right. mm-hmm. is. so Harry it Grant. was got it was just going the inside of what she was thinking at the time but it was right. kind of like but, uh mr Starkiller from Bra- uh, brazil rio de janeiro uh, let's see. First questions for everyone. How would you guys do a storyline called Carnage Saga? I wouldn't. <laughs> Happening where Peter Parker bonds with the Carnage symbiote. Oh, God. And how would the story progress? He already did, didn't he? Or was that Silver Surfer? That was, um, well, he did, the, he did the Carnage Cosmic, which was uh, the, the second Tom DeFalco run. On yeah. Amazing. Well, that was Ben Riley that was happened to. No, no. Well, it happened to Ben. I was about to say that. Ben Riley, there was a four part story called Web of Carnage during the Clone Saga that Ben Riley became Spider Carnage, which is the basis for um, not only the new action figure that came out this year with the swappable head and hands, but also um, the 90 show had uh, yeah. Spider Carnage as the antagonist in the very last episode. So Carnage was on Peter during that Silver Surfer story? No, he didn't. He never went on Peter, okay. but he was only on Ben. But Peter had a pretty prominent role in that web of Has Carnage he story. ever been on Peter Parker in 616? No. Ah, that's not interesting. That, There's a storyline. I don't think... What about when he was in the negative zone in Web Spinners? Anybody I remember recall, that? I remember that, but I don't recall him having the symbiote on him. He put on that negative zone suit, I think. Maybe I'm yeah, that, calling that was Well, that was... That or was the, the Spider-Man Unlimited suit. Yeah, it was the Spider-Man so. Unlimited suit. Uh, let's see. For Zach, what would, would be your ideal Clone Saga 3 where it's had starring Ooh. Peter Parker, Ben Riley, Kane Parker, and possibly Ultimate Jessica Drew, the female clone of Peter Parker? I wouldn't probably do Ultimate Jessica Drew because, well, unless you have her di- actually displaced from the Ultimate Universe. But um, I, I think that um, it'd have to have Norman in a prominent role. I think that um, you'd have to have – well, first of all, you have to have Norman know that Peter's Spider-Man because otherwise it really doesn't work. Um, JR, Norm- how, how sad are you that Norman is mixed up in the Clone Saga? <laughs> <laughs> Because you just said you got to have Norman with the clone slug, and I'm like, oh hell. <laughs> but you also got to have the jackal. But I, I wouldn't make him the the douchey jackal that we've seen the since Joker jackal. Yeah, um, yeah. I would I would make it a little more personal with with Miles and uh, moving beyond the just the, the the deranged man who lost a girl that he actually was in love with. Um, what do you think Miles is going to have a clone saga now? No, I'm talking about Miles Warren, not Miles. Oh, sorry, yeah. Actually, uh, pr- Miles Morales probably will have a clone saga sometime. Uh, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all spiders do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I would start with that and work my way out. Big I don't app. Go, oh, go ahead. I didn't want to go too much into detail because if I ever get the chance of writing that up. Yeah. Big Al, Edgeware, to everyone, since last time I asked, who'd you cast in the 1960s Spider-Man movie? This time I want to ask who you'd cast in a modern day and late 1990s Mayday Parker Spider-Girl movie. Once again, the only person I can think to cast is Mary Jane, and I'd go with Christina Hendricks. I don't see Christina Hendricks as Mary Jane. I'm sorry. Well, no. you got to consider, consider this really is don't. older. This is old. It'd be uh, older. I still don't. No. Now, there's... Now, now, is he asking, like, actors in the in the 1990s? Or yes, Kirk? this movie is coming out in the late 1990s. So who, oh, okay. who we have? George is the biggest Christina Hendricks fan I know. I am. and uh, That's no. not Mary Jane. I agree. Yeah. She's oh. redhead and large breasts, and that's about it. Yeah. As far as in common with the character, I think. Never I think trusted... Never trust a big button to smile, Brad. <laughs> I, I think he was trying to be cute with that one, but... Um, yeah. Given that I was only about 10 in the late 1990s, I wasn't even 10, I'm going to go with the only actors I would have known at the time. Okay. So, Robin Williams. As who? I don't know. Oh, hmm. Robin Williams as Uncle Ben. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do... Or, or just Mrs. Doubtfire and play Aunt May. I don't... <laughs> we'll do oh, Lindsay Lohan. Let's a Mary Jane. Maybe. Oh my second, god! Not as Mary Jane. I know. No. Second, I thought she's too young. Gonna, for oh. a second, I thought you were going to say Robin Williams as Peter Parker. Oh, <laughs> me too. Wow. We'll do Leonardo DiCaprio as Peter Parker. That's actually. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that, that was, was a, no, that was that was, that was, that was, that was, that was almost a thing. I'm out. I'm out. 
don't think my me. knowledge of actors extended beyond. Honestly, Robin Williams was probably the only actor I knew, but I'm trying to stretch. What it. did you just sit at home and chain watch Jumanji for crying out loud? <laughs> yes, actually. The only movie she watched in the. That explains so much about you. <laughs> <laughs> I understand everything about your life now. (laughs) Well, you know, what's her name? Uh, Mary Jane, the actress, was in Jumanji. Okay. All right, let let me try this. So help us all. All right, so Mary Jane would be Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. Oh, my God. Really? Uh, Wow. Okay. With with red hair. Think about it. No. No, she's she's hot, but she's like 46. No, No, in the 1990s. This movie is filmed in the 1990s. Yeah, she would be in her late 30s. Yeah, she'd look like the first season of Friends. No, not. First season of Friends was like, no. 95. It would be the end of Friends. The end of Friends is 2000. Let, let Zach finish struggling oh. through his picks. Okay. <laughs> hey, Berryman, you can't see this right now, but I, I, I two gun salute right now. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. So, Jennifer right. Aniston is Mary Jane. Yeah, I'm trying to think of late 90s. All aboard the fail boat. Boop. <laughs> bridge. I think uh, we got Ross as Peter Parker. <laughs> no, no, I don't want no. We no, got Monica no. is <laughs> no. Okay, all right. Jennifer Aniston, Mary Jane. Uh, I think Sarah Michelle Gellar as Mayday. Um, Kane. Who would be Kane? We don't need a cane. Why would you have a cane? We need a Peter Parker, not a cane. This is, this is a cane. It's Peter Parker, dude. This is a spider. This is a Spider Girl show. Oh my gosh! Oh, that is true. That is true. Kane's a very prominent character in Spider Girl. Um. All right. So Peter Parker. So we got Buffy as Spider Girl. Mm-hmm. We got Jennifer Aniston as her mom. Mm-hmm. And Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. Who's Peter Parker? Hmm. You could go with Ross and Rachel, man. Well, I think we've given a wide, uh, a, a wide, later. How about that? We can go with Christian Slater. Christian Slater. There you go, Cass. Yeah, okay, next question. Okay, Jim. Oh, no, I remembered one more. Oh, go oh, ahead. Oh God. Was it somebody else's Jumanji? <laughs> it was Bonnie Hunt. Was it Bonnie Hunt? I had a thing for Bonnie Hunt back. Oh then. yeah, me too. Go so, ahead. Well, I'll tell you what, son. If that didn't light your fire, your wood was wet. Well, your wood's wet. Yeah. Cute. <laughs> and she was funny. Yeah, and she had a talk show. Yeah. Go ahead, Ashley. Who's the oh, other? The only other actors I knew at that age: Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. <laughs> oh my god. Sacrificed. As Gwen Stacy. We've done four hundred plus episodes. We've never mentioned the Olsen twins. That actually. <laughs> that kind of how. I died a little. I died a little. What happens when you bring up my childhood? Oh, dude. Uh, okay. The, the, the 90s or her childhood just hurts my heart. <laughs> so we got John Stamos as, as Uncle Ben, or no, as Peter Parker. Oh, no. JR, imagine editorial mandates dictated that we have the honest to God, last Spider-Man story ever. Marvel's going out of business. I'm adding this. And they're, they're putting one story out. And that it has to involve Spider-Man... And Norman in one final showdown where Norman has to die and stay dead. And the course of stay, stay dead, it's the last damn issue. Yeah, ex- the last issue of Spider-Man. In this course of this story in battle, what would be the most satisfying way for Norman to die? Presumably a glider to the uh, is a no-go. Presumably a goblin glider is a no-go area is exactly what it says. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. How how are we killing Norman for real, JR? <clears throat> <laughs> He's awoken from his slumber. I'm, I'm, I'm. I, I have enough trouble with the real editorial mandates. I'm not going to go into. I'm not going to deal with imaginary ones. Okay. I'm sorry, Big Al. Jr. refused your question. He has refused how to kill Norman. For it's real. like it's, it's like a slumbering dragon. You know, kind of lifts its head, and looks He's out of the cave, and not waking up for and this. And it goes story. back to sleep. <laughs> I have an idea, actually, on how to do it. Okay, pretend you're Jr. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, well, you need to do a JR voice. I can't do my JR voice <clears throat> well, but um, well, supposedly you could say that um, that the uh, Norman Osborn we've seen since the uh, beginning, since the Clone Sonic ended, has been a clone all along, mm. and that he and that he finds out, freaks out, and then he gets killed. So the last Spider-Man story has got to be a clone story. Evidently, well, that, you that's damn right, son. Damn, <laughs> damn. All right, we're moving on to Cheese Dick, uh, North Hollywood, California. Uh, with the recent announcement of... You know what? Cheese Dick. Yeah? Do his friends call him Cheese or do they call him Dick? 
It's I don't Richard. Know. Do they call him CD? But he... <laughs> Uh, how long do you think Renew Your Vows, the ongoing title, uh, it will last? <clears throat> 24 issues. Two La- years. No, less than a year. Twelve. Really? Yeah. I think it'll go two years. 24 issues. At least, uh, yeah, at least you get three volumes, uh, to get at least three volumes out of the thing. Three volumes out of 24 issues. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I mean like, you, like, like six issues each or something. Oh, hell. But um, I think it'll last four. That would be six times four is twenty-four. Yeah, but usually the last volume—that's when they shove all the uh, final issues in at the end. What do you expect? So, <laughs> his other question: What do you expect we'll see in the book? Something that uh, that is more enjoyable than the flagship title, which is not enjoyable. Well, it's something so it, we have haven't seen since Spider Girl. So it's not that hard of a bar to reach, really. Uh, and then uh, something that uh, will all you know the ultimately will be like, hey, you know, this is not bad, and then it'll be taken away from us. We could uh, see a Spider-Man that is a little meaner. Remember in that Renew Your Vows book, he was, I mean, his daughter's on the line. He wasn't meaner. He was just willing to go to greater lengths. Exactly. To That's mean. More, well, That's not mean, Brad. The other thing <laughs> well, the other thing you got to consider is that Spider-Man is one of the few guys superheroes left because all of them, most of them, are dead except for Hawkeye, Prowler. Well, I thought about Hawkeye. that. Yeah. Yeah, so you got so you basically he's in a New York where there's almost like no superpowers. Well, well, hang on now. We don't know that. We don't know that it's what happening. What the world's like? Yeah, we don't know when when in that timeline it's happening. Yeah. Well, it's presumably after the region got captured. Presumably, how? How do we know this? Well, because it's if it's coming based off of, on off of the heels of the Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows Secret War series, then maybe that's when it's supposed to be taking place. Like, oh, this is taking place after that's right after that series. A, a bunch of it, I think, is going to be him training his daughter. Don't you think? Who Didn't has we do this already? <laughs> we, yeah, I know. <laughs> we we. I mean, no, I'm just saying. We, we Tom DeFalco did well, it. It's really good. Well, Tom DeFalco <laughs> did it, but he was retired. He wasn't fighting crime at the same time Mayday was fighting crime. You didn't see him suit up multiple times. But to times say for, for somebody who's retired, he well, sure he did, suited up a lot. Not every <laughs> issue. Not every issue. Uh, no, but it was a lot. Okay, what do we want to see in the book is the third question. Something that doesn't suck. Uh, that's true. That's all around. I agree. Uh, Frontier. <clears throat> Monti- uh, he's from... Oh, no location. Okay. Numerous times in the podcast, the existence of several other Spider-Man characters and heroes like Spider-Gwen, Miles, and Silk have been criticized as diluting Peter Parker as Spider-Man. I think we mentioned that on the previous episode. We did. During this recording. Now, going back to the Clone Saga with Ben Reilly and Kane, now my question is how much do you believe a franchise property like Spider-Man Batman can expand or add new characters and concepts before it starts diluting it as a whole, taking into account that some of these additions can take the core of that property and find a way to appeal to a different audience and fan base, providing additive to the franchise as a whole and lead to the existence of other fan favorite characters. Before anybody answers, let's nope. send this one to JR. We haven't heard anything from JR in this whole show. You're going to make JR talk? I'm I'm a ro- I'm getting the uh, the dragon up. You're some- poking the dragon? I'm poking I'm poking what the, the hell did all that mean. <clears throat> does does too much uh uh clones or or similar characters based off of the original dilute the original is the question. Does the uh, existence of no, no, no. That's not his question. What is it? His question is, and I quote, my question is, how much do you believe a franchise slash property like Spider-Man, Batman, etc. can expand or add new characters and concepts before it starts diluting as a whole? There you go, JR. Take- I was about to say, we're already past that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we hit that a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It's easier to do with Batman than it is with Spider-Man. Yeah, I was going to say because Batman, as a concept, I mean, he got all those sidekick characters that, like, you know, you got the well, bunch of Robins, and you got well, he's had an he's had an actual sidekick since almost from the get-go. Now, J- oh, right, yeah. Now, Jr., yeah. how many? Yes. Uh, what what is the proper amount of spinoff characters, or what's a guesstimate? Like twenty ninety nine. And there's Spider Woman, but not- 2099 is not really a legit spinoff though, because 2099 started in its own separate thing. It didn't even cross over into Spider Man. I for, know, but how mu- how much is too much, Jr. Well, frankly, I I think one is too much. I mean, yeah. you know, the, all you're doing is milking the brand. Then, I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, Spider Woman. I mean, come on, Jesus Christ! You know, <laughs> the only reason the only reason Marvel came over that as characters because CBS was going to do it first. Same with the She Hulk. Yeah, you know, it's a lack of imagination. 
Right. I think the thing with was going to say with, with with something like Spider Man, it's it mat- what what's important is the different supporting characters because those are just as important because Peter Parker's life is just as important as his Peter life. Parker. I, Peter, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going off. No, Peter Parker sounds kind of cool. Maybe I like Peter Parker. Okay, uh, but I was going to add that since Peter Parker's life is just as important um, out of costume as it is in costume, that the emphasis is more on the supporting cast. So adding new supporting characters and seeing how he interacts with different types of people, that's kind of the more, um, I think that's yeah. more, rather like, than just having extra Spider-Man with different versions of Spider-Man power. Spider-Man's supporting cast uh, should be civilians who get in peril. Batman's supporting cast should be people who can help him beat ass. Exactly. <laughs> That's good. <clears throat> That's exactly... you. I couldn't have said better. My question to everyone is another question from Frontier. Aside from the Hulk, Tony Stark and Steve Rogers, which Avenger or Marvel Cinematic Universe character are you most interested in seeing Spider-Man interact with in future movies? Dr. Not a goddamn one. Not wow. a goddamn one. Oh, I well, woke him up. He's talking. Anybody else? I, I was going to say, say Doctor Strange. I don't know I w- if you know what say, mine is. I would say Doctor Strange, yeah. What, what do you think <laughs> mine is? Let's the see. Hulk. No, he just said aside from the Hulk. Aside oh, from he the did Hulk. say aside from the Hulk. My bad. Double dumbass on me. But, um, uh, ooh, Star Trek Four reference, JR. <laughs> but yeah, the Hulk is obviously my... <laughs> <laughs> I think Loki would be pretty funny. Ah, there you go. Oh, here, here is one that has to have some legal uh, wrangling to make it happen. Johnny Storm. Oh. After the Hulk, I think Johnny Storm. I would like to see. Now we're all sad. I know. I mean, that's oh, a classic. It depends on how long Fox is going to hold it hostage. I, uh, you know, the one I want to see is actually uh, just in time for them to reboot Spider-Man again. Um, <laughs> I want to see Dare. I want to see the Netflix Daredevil and Spider-Man interact. I was, I was just like thinking that. that. Yeah, I would like to see that very much. Yes. Uh, that. That can happen. Yeah. Do you think the Netflix Punisher and the Spider-Man could be on film with Tom Holland? No, because the stories are completely different. In yeah, yeah, it's completely different. Weird. It'd be kind of odd. I know this is an I him giving the whole uh, one batch, two batch speech to Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> I know that D'Onofrio has expressed interest in having his kingpin tangle with spider He has said that, and oh my oh, god, I want that to happen. That would be cool as hell. Oh, if they could fix that up to where... Oh, yes. Where Actually, is that any character you want to see? Uh, I said Loki would be fine. Oh, Loki, that's right. That's right. <coughs> Zach, did you say one? I, I was going to... He was going to say Kane. Okay, next. Oh, no. <laughs> so a second I, Tom oh, Holland deformed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I would like to see... Um, I would like to see... I wouldn't mind seeing the Punisher from the Daredevil series okay. with, with Spider-Man, personally. But I think it just has to be the right story. Yeah. TNR 105 from Wakanda. Uh, this one goes to JR. Although I wouldn't mind hearing the whole gang's thoughts. It's primarily related to Star Trek. And I have one I can half-ass tie back into Spider-Man. Um, I don't want to talk about Star Trek on the show. <laughs> so I'm skipping that one. <laughs> Uh, and after all the effort he made to write I know. This did, he went back and edited the damn thing. He edited it. it. Did he every, Did he edit it? To, yes. He, he, edited, he shortened it for you and everything after okay, you said, yo, dude, edit actually, the argu- Actually, the argument is something very similar to what's been debated here. Uh, the thing with Sulu is... I see, I see. You know, the, the thing was, you know, and, and this is what George Takai has offered, you know, George Takai has said... I said, like, that's not the way Gene Roddenberry created him. If you want a gay character, create a new character. Don't make an established one who wasn't intended to be gay, gay. I agree uh, with George Takei, and I'll get called a hater for it. And, you know, that's uh, – and, and how long should um, – you know, how, how how long should a creator's wishes, you know, I think he's asking that. I mean, Roddenberry, for example, was stated specifically that Kirk and Spock were not gay. He was he never really addressed Sulu's sexuality, but he specifically has stated that Kirk and Spock were not gay. So I don't think at any time it's ever going to be appropriate for those two characters to be gay. I guess his uh, question is to tie it into Spidey. Are, are the Marvel characters that they help create 
still stand Jack and Steve's. Hey, JR, though? They never were. They never were. These are corporate-owned characters from the beginning. Yeah. You know, and, and he also makes a mistake in his original version when he says that Roddenberry never sold the characters. No, they've always belonged to Paramount or slash Desilu slash CBS Steve. slash Viacom. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it goes back to this, you know, same thing with, you know, when George was, was talking about, uh, you know, if you want a black superhero, make a black superhero. Don't turn Peter, you know, don't, you know, don't make Peter Parker into something that he was. Don't wasn't. appropriate another character for, for the sake of diversity. Exactly. Create exactly. a new character. Exactly. And I, mean, I got called a hater for it. And, you know, I'm agreeing with George Takei and I'll get called a hater again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I right. mean, I, I figured that George, you know, I figured George Takei of all people has a uh, pretty good take on the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but no, it's like, no, I, I just, I, I, I tend to agree. I, I don't see, I don't see the point of taking established characters who've been done a certain way for decades. And then because of the a current, the current political environment, deciding to change them. Hey, I JR just, though. What you, you were saying that Sulu, you would, they never really got into Sulu, Sulu's orientation. And the first episode where he showed up, it was that, uh, that uh, crazy ass killing plant thing, remember? Yeah, um, I remember the man trap. Yeah, yeah, he was he was flirting with Uhura a lot, wasn't he? Well, no, the one no, with he flirted a little. He flirted, you know, he flirted what? with Uhura in the mirror universe, but uh, he flirted with her. Didn't he grab her with the sword? That was in the naked time. Yeah, yeah, but a bit more or less, I, he more or less was just using her as a, a shield. To keep you know Spock and the rest of them at bay. I, I guess I just need to know at what point uh, did Spock, uh, you know, getting shunted into an alternate universe in a different time, you know, in a different uh, period of time, make Sulu gay? Well, yeah, because Sulu did have a, have a daughter in uh, yeah, he generation. did. He well, technically, yeah. well, he could adopt. Well, that, that's what they did be, in the movie. Well, you can't be gay and still have kids. There is that is possible. Yeah. Well, and and he also, I think it's been confirmed that he actually does have a daughter from a one night stand. That now that that was in a book that Peter David wrote. <laughs> oh god! I actually read that one. I remember. It was no, no, I'm saying in the, in the new in the new universe, he actually does have a daughter from a one night stand. Are you talking about Star Trek Beyond? Yes. I I I read that he is adopted. Or the Spoilers girl. for Star Trek Beyond, by the way, everyone. And none of us have seen it. So, Serial <laughs> Lover from California. I'm excited for Renew Your Vows. What about you guys? Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. For Zach, Marvel will be releasing the Clone Saga Omnibus Volume 1, which will reorder the issues to a more correct order since they put the Lost Years in the first trade. Although it's a narrative, although its narrative is after the reveal of Peter being the clone, do you plan on up? grading or just staying with the trades do uh, eventually you're but gonna I have to i have to get it's got to be on in-stock trades and then i'm not paying 100 50 percent off yeah trades. I, i'm not gonna do would it love way. to advertise for in-stock trades uh t- <laughs> denied a t gone 56 79 jr i've seen brian michael bendis mention this in a few different interviews over the years about how he had permission to kill off the kingpin but ralph macchio advised him to uh, not to stating how it was a huge mistake to kill off norman during the death of gwen stacy's story and that created a hole in the story and almost broke the book considering where norman's character was at that time what and what could have been done otherwise? Do you agree with this? By the way, Jr., it was always a pleasure reading your articles and emailing you when the topic of Norman's return during the early 2000s, when so many in the Spider-Man fan community were so against it. Yes, well, thank you very much. I recognize your handle. Um, first of all, I, I'm not familiar with the story about Ralph, Ralph Macchio telling Bendis that uh, – um, they shouldn't have killed off Norman, and it almost broke the book. I, I, I would, I would disagree with that. I would, uh, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Norman took a siesta for several years because uh, it was apparent that the writers really didn't know what to do with this character. Uh, now I know that Roy Thomas made the comment that it was a mistake to kill off the Green Goblin because then you can't use the Green Goblin, you know. But, but it, it, it would be ridiculous to to kill off the Kingpin. It's it's He's such a good I, character. I, I, this was for Ultimate Spider-Man, by the way. I remember the interview now. Oh, I it is. It, I believe it was on Newsarama because Machia was the editor of Ultimate Spider-Man when it started, and Bendis was the writer. He never he never oh, wrote oh, Amazing oh, Spider-Man. Before. Oh well, who gives a shit what happened? To <laughs> I know, right? It's a throwaway universe anyway. Who cares? Exactly. Who gives? I don't give a shit. And the Ultimate? I don't even remember. 
Yeah, no, they it, actually did kill Kinpin in the Ultimate Series. Did the blob eat him? No, it's <laughs> out a window. Gives a shit. It's the ultimate unit. That's <laughs> funny as hell. Gr, you know, I'm I'm reading the uh, volume one of Amazing. Um, uh, what are your thoughts? I, I guess that's part of Norman's thing. The amnesia, at least up to one twenty one, one twenty two. Do you did you like that he would forget and and remember and forget and remember? Well, I really didn't. Um... I don't think I became a, a permanent reader until about issue number 134, and by that time, Norman was dead. Um, dead my whole childhood. Some yeah, people get it, the meat sweats. Norman got the crazy sweats. Yeah, yeah. It, it worked in the 1960s. Yeah. You know, when Stan, when, when Stan Lee, you know, and, and didn't have a clue about, you know, how, you know. Amnesia works. <laughs> or how, how, how psychotic personalities worked or how mental illness worked. And, you know, he wasn't interested in things like that. You know, he was just interested in telling stories. It was a convenient way, you know, yeah. to get around the fact that, you know, Norman uh, knew who Peter was by having him forget. You do just, you know, a convenient way to get around that. Um, mm. it, you know, it worked for the time. It wouldn't work now. Yeah, it's true. Uh, to me, I got a question. What are your thoughts on John Burns intended Hulk revamp during the eighties? And he had his run cut short that would have taken everyone back to Ground Zero by killing off the Split Hulk and having Banner become a Hulk close to the original six issues. With elements from the TV show added in, I have posted the link with a really good write-up about the bottom. Uh, I liked Burn's run. I li- Burn in the 80s was at his peak, in my opinion. Dude, Hulk 316 yeah. is one of the coolest Hulk fights I've ever seen. Which one was that again? The one where some of the Avengers go after him, like oh, Namor like- and Iron Man and that red and white armor. Yeah, 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 and uh, Wonder, Wonder Man, Wonder who Man. I yeah. straight up hate, and that who was else a was great, in that thing? That was a great fight out in the desert. That thing was crazy. That was a great fight, and he, the Burns run did not. He, I guess he disagreed with Shooter or the editor or somebody. Surprise! And well, he left to go do uh, Superman. Well, didn't he? he? Wasn't that the same uh, time he swapped? Uh, no, that's that was before because he did Alpha Flight, and then he flipped uh, Bill Mantlo books. And then did Hulk for like six, six, six. And then eight. he left to go to Superman, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You got it right. Um, and he was also writing FF around this time. Um, but yeah, I loved it. The art was great. The Hulk was just badass. Um, but bringing him back to the original six issues, I don't know. I don't, uh, Peter David did that kind of kind of well with the Gray Hulk years later. Where he's he's snarky and stuff like that, but yeah. Anyway, I liked Burns' run. I did not enjoy Burns' second run, where he wrote it and he didn't draw it, and uh, Ron Garney was on it in the '90s. But um, you know, we say a lot of different things about Burn uh, on the mm-hmm. podcast. Some of them good, some of them bad. But his run on Fantastic Four is still one yep. of the I think just the best runs on the comic book ever. Yes, and I I loved his Fantastic Four. That's that's the best since Kirby. In my opinion, it's amazing to me because he took it over and didn't feel the need to reinvent every goddamn thing like every other writer added to after mythos. him. All he did was take the core and add a little bit to it, but he understood the core characters. He understood them so well and why and what made them work. Yeah, and it's it's amazing to me because no one since then has it seems to be able to understand it. Yeah, and I recently read last summer I read Alpha Flight. And uh, Burns' original 28, I think, of Alpha Flights. Very strong. Very strong, yeah. Very strong. Uh, let's see. George, I know you're a fan of G.I. Joe, the Marvel series by Larry Hama. Yes. What did you think of the time and now on the story where the Crimson Guard, Fred, 567, shot? That's killed. that's that, that's a 7. That's Fred. V, V11 is a Roman numeral. Oh, I got it. It's how the Romans uh, kept track of Is there time. an F-U in the Roman numerals? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> killed Cobra Commander and assumed the Cobra Commander idea. We've never had a G.I. Joe question, I don't think. Yeah, we have. Uh, yeah, na- oh, just yeah, now, have. in this show. Also, thoughts on the Cobra Civil... That Cobra had a Civil War mm-hmm. story and the original Cobra Commander's return since the Fred V.I.I. story <laughs> set both up. Oh, I got no idea what this question means, but go, George. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> He's asking basically, what did I think about it? Uh, it was an intriguing story. It was the strongest Fred story. Fred was a series... Okay, so the Fred... And if you were in the Crimson Guard, a lot of them were Freds, and Fred is a is just a straight term for guy who they made them all like they gave him plastic surgery and made them all look the same. 
Okay, <laughs> and they quasi look like Cobra Commander without the mask. One of them, uh, one of the guys that became a Fred was actually somebody who was in Vietnam with Stalker and Snake, Eye, uh, Snake Eyes. Uh, anyway, so this Fred, Cobra Commander, is at one point he's like, I'm. He had a son named Billy, and he's like, I'm going to sit down from being Cobra Commander and invest everything I have in and trying to recuperate this relationship with my son. At which point, Fred loses it and is like, Dude, do you know how much what I've done, you know, as a Fred, and how much I've done for this organization? And now you're just he shoots him in the back, and you think Cobra Commander's dead. No one really thought that back then, by the way. Um, <laughs> and and uh, and buries him out in the forest. Um, and and then there's a whole subterfuge where Baroness is like, okay, he comes back, you know, he he puts on Cobra Commander's armor, Cobra Commander had a suit of armor at that time, and then he's like, okay, I'm here, Cobra Commander, and then people are like, what? You don't really talk like him. And then Baroness is like, no, I, I got it, I got it, I know what he looks like without his mask. Uh, step in the room with me, and he takes off his mask. He goes, well, okay, I guess the jig is up. And she goes, no, because we can work with this. This is fine. Just go along with it. And she comes out and says, hey, it's Cobra Commander for sure. So um, later on, people learn about the ruse gradually. Dr. Mindbender learns about it. Uh, other people learn about it. Uh, in the end, um, Cobra Commander does come back, and he winds up sealing most of the people away, including Dr. Mindbender. Um, we had Dr. Mindbender come back, but it was a clone. God help me. Um, and uh, and he, he, put them all, he put them all in a landlocked uh, shipping freighter, like a ship. And and sent it downriver into a volcano and exploded the volcano on top of it. <laughs> this is how pissed off Cobra Commander was. And then some of the Joes found – the people were trapped inside the ship. And Zartan was one of them. A couple of people got out. Zartan and Billy managed to get out. But everybody else died of botulism from eating canned food that had gone bad inside the ship. Like they open it up and everybody's had skeletons inside. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy back then. And yeah, but – and there was a Cobra Civil War. Uh, but at the same time, almost every damn Cobra story was a Cobra Civil War. Because <laughs> Cobra was always riddled with infighting. Yeah. Between between like the Destro factions and the Cobra Commander factions, and then you know the Baroness and Major Blood faction, blah blah blah. I mean, it was like watching Pirates of the Caribbean, like uh, all three episodes in one issue. You forgot Serpentor, George. No, I didn't forget Serpentor. I don't. Like <laughs> I, I, in fact, when I was reading it uh, in the eighties, when Serpentor came on, I checked out. I was like, yeah. as soon as they shot Storm Shadow, like Baroness shot him in a cheap shot on the beach, I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. I was like, I, I couldn't get enough of this book. And then suddenly he's resurrected when they get the skeletons of Genghis Khan and all these other you know world conquerors oh, yeah. to make Serpentor. I was like, I'm out. I'm out. Even for even for middle school nineteen eighties me, that was too stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I cannot be here for this. I'm sorry. Serpentor was just a punk. He was just that's all he was. Yeah. So I didn't read the Serpentor stuff until much later, but because I uh, that yeah. was when I checked out. It was like it was in the eighties and I was like, I'm out. I'm out, dog. Can't do it. <laughs> and here right. I saw Cobra Commander was a song by Boy George. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm done, guys. I'm done. I spent six hours in the landscaping today. I'm done. All right. So I'll All talk right. To you later. Can I answer your questions? There, he doesn't have any more. Oh, okay. Well, then almost done. <laughs> I wanted to do a Jr. voice. All right. Oh, Jr. is gone. Bye, Jr. He didn't even. Yeah, he's not even. Yeah, he's out. Oh, yeah. I'm out. Lord Alford, Crazy Town Banana Pants is his location. Great job on the podcast. All of you bring different things to the table. It's a fun Thanks. listen to every single cast. Uh, a preview cover shows that the symbiote appears to take Felicia as a host. <laughs> Although I haven't been reading the Flash Venom book, my understanding is that the symbiote is no longer evil. Am I right? The Venom symbiote is kind of evil. No. He, he's, that helps clear things up. Yeah, nope. he, he's kind of evil. He's, nope. It, nope. <laughs> nope. Nope, 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 nope. He, the Clintar... <laughs> is what the the race is called. I'm the only one reading the Venom book. I mean, so, hey, yeah. no, they uh, Brindis did this in Guardians of the Galaxy. Remember, yeah. we covered it on one of the satellites. Yeah. yeah. So the Clintar cleansed the symbiote because he 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 was kind of brain damaged. Yeah. He 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 was a little he was a little slow. So they they it was at this benign feeling of of yeah. like healing. So what is this electric shock therapy? <laughs> yeah, they gave the symbiote electric shock uh, therapy. And he, he he was good for the launch of the book. But slowly over time in the Venom book, he's getting a little evil. And one of the best parts of that Venom Space Knight book is Flash takes the suit off, the suit sits in a, in a chair, and they have a conversation. Mm -hmm. 
And the, the symbiote is just, uh, he's getting more mean and evil, etc. So the bad is coming back, which I like. Now, okay, here's my question. If, if, if Flash is not going to be the host anymore, does that mean that he, he doesn't have legs again? Well, he's he's got uh, he's got prosthetics, doesn't he's he? He's got prosthetics that I guess maybe he got in space or something. He can walk around. He's like a cyborg now. I guess he has cyborg legs. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Ashley talked about this on another episode, but uh, Felicia with the symbiote sounds fun. What do you think? Um, definitely. Just, yeah, I feel like it'd be better with an older symbiote. You know, back before, um. But we were talking about this on our, our Facebook group that uh I think that um the symbiote doesn't remember that Peter Parker's Spider Man anymore, right? Right, yeah. And so that kind of ruins because the reasons. whole appeal for me. I mean, that would be like the main thing and yeah. if that would happen and if she got the symbiote suit and it like made her remember those memories yeah, and that would be kinda neat. That would be cool. It'd be a really good story. Lord Alfred also asks uh, if you could pick which Marvel character you wanted to the symbiote to take a turn on, who, besides Eddie Brock, do you think could provide interesting stories as Venom? Okay. Really good. What if that was had the Punisher? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Punisher was, that, that was cool. That, that was, was a good cool. what if, yeah. Um, I actually was toying some interesting ideas with this. Um, uh, Aunt May with the symbiote. <laughs> 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 she uh-huh. could basically offer Peter, we have some wheat cakes for you to try. I so. wonder... <laughs> George, how about we uh, resurrect Ben Lebin or Ben uh, no uh, Nathan Lebinsky and put a symbiote suit on him? No. Uh, the other one you can do is J. Jonah Jameson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> really fuel, really fuel his uh, his Spider Man hatred if you put that on, that sucker on him. Wow. We are poison to Peter Parker. <laughs> we are Jameson Venom. <laughs> Parker, where are those pictures? Uh, this, is all, this is all bad fan fiction, and you're giving Dan Slot <laughs> ideas. I uh, unfortunately, we probably are. <laughs> Mr. Metz, uh, we've got a question from him. Dan Slot's been on Amazing since 2008. Oh. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> Take a moment. And Take Bendis moment. has been writing a Spider-Man monthly title in some form so long that someone born when his first issue of Ultimate came out will soon be legally you can uh, will will be able to legally date a 19-year-old college student. That's nothing compared to how long 2099 writer Peter David and Carnage New Year Vows writer Jerry Conway has been has been working in the comic industry with Spider-Man. Why do you think veteran writers are such a dominant part of the franchise right now? Well, in the case of one of them, I'm pretty sure it's because he has blackmail material on the, on the people who hired him. Oh, a slot? Yeah. Oh. There's something going on there. Um, well... The, I think the part of it, the other thing is too, because the reason why they probably get a lot go through these lot of veteran uh, writers because some of the other most comic book writers nowadays they're all going to do their independent work over at Image. I mean, lot that's because I mean a lot of a um, lot of stuff guys like right now that's people they think that were considered the great modern comic book writers like um, or people that were celebrated and everything. I mean, you, most of their stuff is like you know Robert Kirkman for example. You know, ever since he made it big with The Walking Dead, everybody's like, "Oh, we can make it too." So we're all, <laughs> so we're they're all so they're all jumping ship. They're all jumping ship to try to do their own uh, Walking Dead own work. Well, yeah, it's one of those things. Unless you create a new character and you have mm-hmm. a deal in place to where you get you get your royalties, mm-hmm. you're not going to make much money with the big two. Yeah. Whereas you're going to make a crap ton of licensing money if you. If you go and do the independent works, so it right. makes sense. It makes a lot more sense, but it you just have to have a love for the character. And some people have a death grip on the character that mm-hmm. we want. The to death make. grip is a good term for it. Yeah, I mean, and that's how and that's how it kind of started out. Is that they had a yeah. bunch of these artists decided, hey, we can just jump ship and make our own superheroes. A lot of them turned out to be crap, but then you know, so that's why after over the years they've started putting the doing not more non-superhero stuff but but yeah that's what but His, i think so. go ahead mike it's, it's no, like I said, it's, it's like i said with image comics you know from like the 90s if you bought that stuff 
you're stuck mm-hmm. with most of it like it's herpes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. His yeah. other question is, what are your thoughts on Jerry Conway's tenure as a Spider-Man writer, and how might the Renew Your Vows monthly change his reputation nearly 50 years after his work on possibly the most acclaimed Spider-Man comic ever? It's hmm. I mean, He's, JR. You're, you're, I, yeah, JR mentioned this, either this episode or a previous one, about uh, Conway's run. Uh, they're they're never going to be able to take away Conway's run. He wrote the death of Gwen Stacy. Well, and Conway did a lot of yeah. advancement of Peter Parker during yeah. his run too, and even during the. Uh, I know he said it was a mediocre run in the eighties, but I, I thought that uh, Webb was particularly strong. Webb was strong, and we've covered some of that on Fight Club. Yeah, yeah, or, I thought uh, Webb. Yeah, and Spectacular were both pretty the, strong. The thing is, I I guess what Metz is trying to get to a little bit when you talk about Howard Mackey. Uh, his reboot is taints his other good work, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think Mackie had a death of Gwen Stacy. He never yeah. had that one. He, iconic he never story. had that iconic Mackie storyline. Uh, I, I don't think. I think if if Renew Your Vows dies in two years, like we predicted, might, uh, which is sad that we have to predict that. But it's not. It's not. It's not being set up. <sighs> It's the state of it's the state of the uh, state of the books. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If they had gone with with a different writer, with somebody, and I don't want to say younger or fresher, but somebody who's like more, you know, like more front and center now. Yeah, more known these days, like a bigger name that's known these days. A young guy. Uh, yeah, kinda. Uh, that it would it would seem like they're they're more invested in it. That's true. I mean, I, what this one, what this sounds like is like we're bringing back somebody that we know fans like. Mm-hmm. And people do, I and mean, we know that you like the marriage, so let's put like them the together. Yeah, so let's make, let's do I, this, and let's milk this for all it, all we can until we send it, until we end it. Let's peanut butter and chocolate it and see if it sticks. All right. Yeah, like uh, just to see, Rika said, like we, I said in the said in the news segment, it sounds more a lot like what they did with uh, X Men with X Men Forever, where they brought Chris Claremont on to kind of do his own X Men continuity simple, thing, yeah. and um, and that only lasted for like a couple. Couple, couple of years, years yeah. Because and again, it, this is still going to be an alternate universe title, and those are not usually as yeah. successful as the in continuity stuff. And I want to, and I want to say this again to, to fans, especially fans of the marriage who listen to the podcast. Um, I don't want you to get your hopes up yeah. that this is going to lead to the marriage coming back in the in the regular universe. It's not. It's absolutely not. Yeah. It won't. Joke was say it. It's an ego thing. With joke was say that he will not let it happen. So until Quesada is gone uh, and until all of the Quesada yes men are gone, which is going to take a very long time, uh, we're not going to see anything like that. I'm sorry. So don't get your hopes up. Just enjoy it for what it is. But mm. answer Matt's question. The reputation of Jerry Conway I don't think will be diminished if this book is awful. No, no I don't think so I, I don't think I don't think it will change anybody's I, reputation. I, I, think, I think that in contrast it's going to make Dan Slott's work look even worse than it, than it already does yeah. to the trained eye. I, I, I predict yeah. the grades are going to be higher on that book than amazing. It's not hard to predict that. Well, that's yeah. <clears throat> shooting fish in a barrel. Or yeah. Wolf Cipher from Location, Just Kill Me. Okay. <laughs> George, in a previous episode some months ago, you flat out said you would never do a Friday Night Fights with Venom. I, 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 no, wait a minute. I have said that I would consider doing 300, ASM 300, but that's it. Okay. Because you hate the character. Yes. But I thought the point of Friday Night Fights were the fights themselves, not the quality or your opinion of the character. Venom, love him or not, is an essential part of the Spider-Man universe, and to ban such a character from a Spider-Man segment would be like listening to a Flash podcast that refuses to feature at least one once Gorilla Grood. You don't have to like the character, but can you honestly... Gorilla Grod. It's Grod. Gorilla Grod. Gorilla Grod. I'm so sorry. God Almighty. Wendigo. Do you even comics, bro? Wendigo. 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 Do you even comics, bro? Oh, you mad, bro? All right. But can you honestly deny that Spider-Man's fights with Venom have always been uh, vicious, bloody, and not close? Can you not put aside your personal prejudice and consider a Friday Night Fight featuring any one of the classic throwdowns against one of Spidey's most popular, most hated, and for better or worse, most enduring foes? Absolutely not. Hey, look, here's the thing about when we do fight clubs, when we do Friday Night Fights. Because um, he was like, you know, I thought the point of Friday Night Fights was the fights themselves, and it is. But since I'm the one that's like ultimately like driving it, I'm not going to cover stuff that I don't like. Yeah. 
It's just not going to happen. That's why you're not going to see any clone crap in there. It's why right. you're not going to see venom in there and brains, 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 and all that bullshit. <laughs> right? It's it's why you're going to see more classic, more classic fight, more more mainstream stuff. I'm sorry. It's just how it's just how it is. I don't like venom. I just don't. I can't. I can't talk about venom in an analytical way. No. Because I, I find the character so laughable. Now, now you did say ASM three. Hang on, great... hold on. That's just my opinion, and I don't want to pull. I don't want to piss Wolf Cipher off because he's obviously a Venom fan because he has a Venom avatar. Yeah, and I'm I'm sorry. I get that you like the character. I don't, and because I don't, I can't really I can't really sell that on a on a on a mm-hmm. on a fight podcast. I can't do it. Now what, Brent? I'm sorry. You, I didn't mean you said ASM 300 is a possible one because I said I would consider doing that because that was the, the earliest appearance of Venom that you liked, where he wasn't brains, brains, brains. Yeah, you know where, where he wasn't just flat out effing stupid. Yeah. Okay. So we may see an ASM 300 fight sometime. Ashley, let's say you had to retire every Spider-Man themed character except for two. Out of the following, which two do you keep around, and why do you spare them? Miles Morales, Spidey 29, Spider-Gwen, Silk, Spider-Woman, Scarlet Spider, any of them. Who do do you keep? I would keep Miguel and Cindy. Miguel, because of course, I mean, how could you not? And then I think Silk would be a really interesting foil Mm. since... What? (laughs) Keep it to yourself. Oh, Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, good for her. But yeah, because Miguel, you know, has his... You know, he'll do whatever it takes to get the results he wants. And then with Cindy, she's just kind of in this um, in-between point where she has these values that she tries to stick to, but she slips. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see how she would hold that around someone like Miguel. Everyone on that list whose name was not Miguel O'Hara should die. I take that back, Spider-Woman. Spider-Woman shouldn't even really be connected with any of this. But her name's Spider, that's why. It doesn't matter. She has jack all to do with with Peter (laughs) Parker. All right, here's a a hypothetical, all right? Uh, To the whole panel, in the far, far future, and the podcast is now run by, I think you meant Ava, my daughter, uh, panelist Spencer, which is (laughs) Jake. An older Ashley. There's a bunch of Ashley with curlers in her hair. She's yeah. chain smoking and, and drinking gin. Her friend Jack has joined. And Brad is now a head in a bowl. <laughs> cyborg, and on a cyborg body, still making puns on the show. <laughs> Presumably, I'm guessing JR and I are dead. Oh, yeah, you're done. You're done. Yeah. Uh, Zach's a clone, probably. McNulty's on the run from the line. My daughter? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, 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 I did procreate, too. You hey, 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 your daughter's on the show, too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you're still young. You're still young with your clone and your daughter. There you go. That's the your daughter is in hiding. I mean, she's had to be part, become like part of the witness well, no, protection there'll be, program. There'll be a third clone of Zach and myself, actually. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so his question is, what do you think the dynamic between the host and the panelists would be? Like, who would take jabs at who? Who would sound be the sound Yoda of this new generation of the podcast? And who would be the annoying Clone Saga member? It's the ultimate MC2 Crawl Space Podcast 2099 now. Oh my God. I'm guessing that Ashley would be the Yoda because by the time this has all happened, she yeah. will have had time to read all of Spidey, which I know she's doing a little bit each month, right, Ashley? Yep. <laughs> all right. <laughs> she's boning up for Spider Jeopardy Ooh, this George year. George on the panel. I'm going for negative fifty. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, but you know the question is though. I mean, will there even be comic books by this period? We might actually get a, nope. like they're all new tablet man. They're all t- they're going to be probably would be all tablet versions and like and there be move and three dimensional motion comics. By the oh, time sure. by the time they take over and and they're our age, the shit's being beamed into your head, man. So, oh yeah. So yeah. Ashley is the JR. She's the wise historian. We'll go with that. Uh, who fights with who? Jack and Ashley because they're married. Yeah. <laughs> oh. They they're they're a married couple fight. Sure. Um, that somebody's wrestling in the background. So about <laughs> Speaking of fights, Jack no. and Ashley are fighting right now. Uh, <laughs> what am? Who's fighting with me? I'm just a head in a bowl, man. <laughs> I think we're actually speaking of which speaking of which the fight I I just thought of a fight club for this period. Okay. You can Yeah, they the, can finally uh, do clones and crap then. 
No, they'll they'll do they'll you can do they'll do the uh, the uh, remember that uh, issue of a Spider Man of Amazing Spider Man like a uh, hundred years from now. Remember it, where they did that whole thing where like oh it's a Marvel's a hundredth anniversary issue. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and they did oh, Venom. Yeah, and they could do so whenever that year that issue takes place. They can now do a fight a special Fight Club of like hey let's see how this issue compares to this year and see how what you know yeah. And um, it's called Future Fight Club. <laughs> Future Fight Club. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. On, yeah. uh, I, I, on this thing, you know, it's Brad's uh, Brad cyborg head in a bowl or whatever. Right. <laughs> I, I see. I, I see it floating in like like a solution of Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> and every now and then they just yeah, sort of throw. Awesome. Every now and then they just sort of throw flaming hot Cheetos in there, and, and Brad just kind of gulps at them like a fish. Arr, arr. I, I want a Photoshop of my head in a bowl with Mountain Dew around it. Somebody do that. Oh man, that'd be the podcast sponsor. Here, finally, you get PepsiCo to finally sponsor your head. A Mysterio body with, with my head and Mysterio's bowl with Mountain Dew in it. Mountain oh, Dew. <laughs> I, I request that as Photoshop, please. Okay, Uh-oh. we're ending the show with a, a George question. Oh, wow. It's a symbiote question. Oh, God. Adam S. over in San Diego, California, to George. Apparently, you're not a fan of Venom. (laughs) (laughs) That's not been made clear this episode. That being said, what do you think about the symbiote storyline pre-Venom, i.e. the Secret Wars, DeFalco's run, Web of Spider-Man number one? Uh, I liked it. I liked everything uh, with the symbiote pre-Venom, and it should have ended uh, when uh, when Spidey took him up into the bell tower. Mm. So it would have been just, poignant. It would have been actually been poignant at that point. So George, you don't think that maybe the Venom should have been a viable character? Like the symbiote should have been a viable character after that? No. Okay. So but, that, so that whole idea about Venom, the symbiote being a wo- spider, Venom being a woman. A woman that lost her child with a yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, the original, the original plan what for think the of that idea. What? You yeah, that was that, that was David McAleenie's original idea. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're, I, whoa, whoa! One of you at a time. Exactly saying the exact same thing, McNulty. Okay. The the, uh, the original McAleenie idea was that a pregnant woman would lose her baby due to a Spider-Man fight. Some kind of debris hit her or something like that. The symbiote randomly uh, is atta- uh, attracted to her due to the hatred of Spider-Man, and it, and it gets on her, and then she goes after Spider-Man as Venom. That was the, no, orig- that was no. the original concept. No. Uh, still ass. Still ass. Okay. Anything that, that involves symbiote and host and Venom, any, anything, once it's attached to the point where it becomes Venom, you know, and, and you start referring to yourself as us instead of me. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm out, dog. You just, you're just out of that whole concept. Yeah, what? it was, it was fine as something that was, that was sentient, but couldn't communicate and just needed a host or whatever. It was, it was fine. Like when it was just a silhouette with eyes that slinked off the chair and everything else. And then as soon as Peter realized that it was trying to take him over and control him, and it was a parasite, uh, you know, you had all that drama and everything. And then, and then you had that, the issue that, what, what was that web number one up in the bell tower? Yep. Yes. You know, if, if if the symbiote had died there, perfect ending. You can't deny the popularity of the character, though. No, the character is very popular. Yeah, I mean, people people like the asinine venom with the giant fangs going brains, brains, because that's apparently that's apparently uh, high literature. Did you like uh, Topher Grace's portrayal of him? No, no. Who okay. like who did like Topher? Grace's I did. Portrayal? I thought Topher I, Grace I was actually good. Like Topher's. Yeah, I, he was a good Eddie Brock in that he could play a really good douchebag, which made me kind of right. you know. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was so convincing it made me wonder about Topher. Well, and that's what, and that, and that's uh, the thing. What, with, what Ashley? He's just so shrimpy for Eddie Brock. I was, oh. Yeah, he isn't very much. Yeah, well, but, but he was he was he was still a douche though. He well, captured that, that doucher. That's like only half of it. And that's the funny thing about Eddie Brock. Brock is because notice they have the, that they had to try to make him more connected to Peter Parker than he originally was in the comic. I, I like that aspect. I like he's yeah, the I opposite too, of yeah. Sp- Peter Parker. He's uh, uh, which is kind power of with no responsibility. In my, in my mind, he's 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 like the ultimate step, the ultimate first step that got taken in the in the dilution that we're dealing with now. Mm. So nice because, because you had a you you had a a spinoff Spider character is like ooh he looks like Spider Man but he's evil and he likes deep brains brains brains. Um, Man. And then everybody was like oh shit it's the new Wolverine back then you know what I mean everybody's like really got into it <coughs> and 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 then Marvel was like oh hey shit we should just repeat this all the damn time. 
let's have all these names. Hey, let's do cl- let's do more clone shit. <laughs> you can have people who aren't Peter, but they're still Spider. It just it diluted it, and everything started going to hell. In 1988, with, with, with the Ransom 300, yeah. Yes, with that issue. But, but that would include Spider-Man 2099, though. No, because it's not part of the same universe. 2099 didn't deal with anything else right. other than Doctor Doom still being around. True. But, I mean, it was still kind of a Spider-Man analog, though. <laughs> it not wasn't an analog. It was its own damn story. Miguel O'Hara was his own damn person. I know. He I was know. completely different than Peter. Okay, but and, and and it wasn't Peter running around and oh god, who's that guy in the red and blue costume? It's kind of like a <laughs> oh, well, I, we better stop and fight. He was in a completely. He was in his own balloon over here off to the side. Wow. <laughs> All right, final thoughts. Let's go around the horn. My go to bed. My <laughs> I I should be, I'm. I should probably pull it. You up. stayed around the whole time, Mike. Thank you. I know. I was like, so fascinated by all these questions. So I was like, because, hey. Zach, final thoughts. George, you're just so full of hate. <laughs> it's a big Texas <laughs> hug. I am a hater. You need to, you need to take some volume and, and see me in the morning. <coughs> you need to hop in the Wendigo and... Uh, <laughs> what? The Wendigo. The what? Wind- the Wendigo. Wendigo, I'm sorry. Wind- Wendigo. It sounds, it sounds like a Canadian car company. That Wind- was two episodes so. ago, but she said Wendigo. <laughs> Ashley, final thoughts? <laughs> it's Wendigo, and it'll be Wendigo till the day I die. All right. <laughs> and raise your hand if you read for a living. <laughs> I'm holding one finger up for Zach. I read for a living. Uh, that's what, that's that's why yeah. I was. Yeah, but you don't misread stuff. That's the, that's the whole point. <laughs> George, final thoughts, or you just want to take a shot at me? No, I love you, Jomo. I appreciate. I don't want to think. I don't want to think. I, I, I love. I love Berryman. And, and hey, at this point, we'll be so, we'll be in August, so uh, we'll be starting starting the ramping up the celebration. Next effort, yeah, ten years of the uh, the podcast. What? Wow. Next. That's yeah. Next month, two thousand six. Are we also, doing also in December? It'll be Ashley's second year. There you go. Or and uh, uh, are we are we going to break out the live calling? Yes, we'll break out the call. Oh, my God. Uh, we can actually get people to, to, to I, I think we figured out how to record live callers again. Okay. Uh, we may have to record not at 9 o'clock at night because, you know, we got so many Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, that wouldn't suck. <laughs> yeah. So and also, so here, and also here first, live callers on our 10th anniversary. And I'm sure Brad is going to get his handy-dandy hook handy so he can pull people in. At like, no, at what random. Brad's going to do is he's going to make me run the green room like he always does. What Brad's going to do is just grab people willy-nilly without even asking them if they're ready. And if yeah. they're not, he's yep. going to up on them and move on. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's how it all – it starts off with Zach doing green room, and it ends with Brad just, screw it, I'm adding somebody. Nope. <laughs> so, so everybody on – so everybody, all you potential it's like a, It's like I'm – like I'm calling a payphone in New York City. You're on. Go. <laughs> you're, you're on the air. You're on the air. You're on the air. What do you want to say? Up, 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 up. <laughs> up. Oh, what, what's this for? Uh, oh, it's connect me in New York. You're on. Go. Yeah. What? Nobody? Okay, next caller. What What, what do you think of the re- latest Supergirl episode? <laughs> Land up the Catskills. Go. <laughs> Good night, folks. Good night, everybody. Good night. See you. Bye. Bye.